1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Always, always a pleasure to be in your company alongside our financial advisor, Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, who does so much good in the community, guiding people, helping people with their families and their money. Ray, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good Sunday morning. Yes. Phil, did you know that making money and saving money is a habit? A habit? Yes. No, I didn't. A and habit. we have to develop good habits for saving money. So that's what we're going to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. How to make more money, how to save more money, how not to spend as much money. But you have to think about some very specific things if you want to make saving money a habit. So that's our subject today. And this morning we're pleased to have with us uh, one of our faithful regular guests, which is, uh, who is, Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being with us, Tenny, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, we have so many things we're going to talk about today. I have a list of, let's see, <laughs> 25 different topics we're going to talk about today. Why so few? <laughs> well, it's under the category of good money habits. It's everything from procrastination to budgeting, snapshotting, setting goals, paying yourself first, credit scores, diversify, buying a home. And boy, what an extensive list we have. So there's something here for everybody today. And we'd like to invite you to stay with us as long as you can, hopefully. And um, we want to make sure that you can learn something today because that's what we try to do at USA Wealth Group. We try to show people how to make more money, how to save more money, most importantly, how to protect your family and how to protect what you've worked to accumulate. Right. So let's get started right away with some very important ideas and tips Let's talk about procrastination first of all. Tenny, do you procrastinate mm. ever? I procrastinate about cleaning the house, yes, regularly, particularly vacuuming. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm passive-aggressive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when it comes to cleaning the house? Yeah, I write notes. Do this tomorrow. <laughs> Ray does that. He has these long lists of fix the gas uh, Oh, grill. sure. No, but those are my own list of my own to-do. I don't do, Phil, I don't do to-do lists for my wife to do. Maybe that's how you run your household, but that's not how I run my household. I wouldn't dare. I'd find the locks changed or something. <laughs> well, we all have different methods for getting along with our spouses. We have different methods for how we cope with things. But I just uh, finished making myself a long to-do list of things that I need to do. So that's my first step in tackling procrastination. Including the gas grill? <laughs> Including the gas grill. Yes, I write things down. <laughs> oh, thank you for the reminder, Tenny. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I pick things up, I put them down. I pick things up, I put them down. No, but I make lists. I like to make lists. I'm a uh, massive list maker, but I try to keep them in one place, and then once in a while I have to sit down and consolidate my lists. But we all have things that we don't enjoy doing, and I'm going to tell you some things today that I think that you will enjoy doing because if you can make more money and develop some good habits, well, then you're going to make more money and you're going to have more to spend, and uh, a more enjoyable time in general. So let's get right into it. 
And as I said, this program is brought to you every week, MoneyWise, by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We're practically across the street from Vanity Fair. And sometime within the next three years, we expect to have the road finished, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say in the next three years? I did. (laughs) (laughs) You're a realist. (laughs) Yes. Well, let me give you, uh, there was a famous uh, English writer, Somerset Maugham, who once talked about habits, and he said, the unfortunate thing about this world is that good habits are so much easier to give up than bad ones. Uh, And isn't that the truth? It is. So, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever thought about, well, I'm going to change my diet, I'm going to eat better, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise more. You know, these are things that we all have said to ourselves at one time, I would imagine. And they're really hard. So you have to sort of take small steps when you get started if you want to make it truly a habit. Mm -hmm. One of the things I learned in some of the long-range planning training that I did over the years is if you want somebody something to become a habit, you have to do it at least 20 times successively. And then you change the patterns in your brain and it becomes a habit. Mm whether it's drinking more water or whatever it happens to be. So try for 20 times to vacuum the house, Tenny. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to improve my attitude toward it. (laughs) No, No, I know. Well, uh, you know, uh, we all have good habits. We all have bad habits. Uh, Mark Twain once said, nothing so needs reforming as other people's habits. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like... Everybody is... uh, It's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we won't go there any further. But in any event, um, you have to make spending a habit. You have to make budgeting a habit. So let's go right into some really good ideas. It's fun to do research for a show like this because there's so much information available. Let's come to my number one favorite topic about good money habits. Have a budget. And we have some wonderful forms in the office. If anybody would like a budget form... There's no obligation, doesn't cost anything. Give the office a call and say, please send me a budget form, 508-998-8858. We've got two or three really good forms. You can also do it on the computer. I remember a few years ago, Phil, I actually presented you a software program on uh, QuickBooks, Quicken. That's right. For keeping track of your budget. Yes. Then I remembered I asked you once a while later... If you had started using it, and no, you hadn't gotten quite around to to do to using no, the budget no, no, form. No, that wasn't the answer. Oh. I said I hadn't taken the disc out of the jacket yet. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> There's a difference, Tenny, right? <laughs> so maybe a better approach. Oh dear. Oh my. Maybe a better approach, Phil, is to pass it over to Celeste. Ah, <laughs> uh, now we're talking. <laughs> Well, we never said it would be fun. It's just good. <laughs> well, a budget is like a road map. If you don't have a road map sometimes, you, don't, you can't tell where you're going. You don't know where you're going. If you don't have a budget and put down what your income is and what your expenses are, you really don't have a clue about what you're spending except, well, if the money comes in and there's money left over at the end of the week, I guess I did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Today we live in an age when uh, I suspect most people listening to this show are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, It's the community that we live in. It's the times that we live in. Mm -hmm. But 
again, if you have a budget and you can track where things are going, that's the first step in making some changes and making how you handle money a better habit. So again, we have some forms. We're happy to send them to you. The second thing we want to do, and I know you do this as well, Tenny, is that we do something called an intake sheet or an asset spreadsheet. And again, uh, Tenny, I know you have a form for that in the law firm. We do, and what we ask people before they even come in to meet with us is to complete that form because when we do meet, it's very important for me as the attorney giving advice to know the details of the situation that I'm advising on, how many children they are, there are, how they get along, do they have any special needs children, uh, what are the assets and where are they positioned. All those things are very important to me. People think sometimes that I'm being overly inquisitive or invasive of their privacy. It really isn't related to that. It's related to my knowing how to give the proper advice. Well, it all goes back to having some good habits, which is the focus of the show today. Uh, You've all heard the old expression, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Phil, for 10 points, do you know who said that? Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, absolutely. Good. Very good. (laughs) He pulled that out of the air, folks. (laughs) No, but that's that's who said that. And he also said... Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Mm. So even back in Ben Franklin's days, uh, he wrote a lot about having good habits. We want to show you some ideas for having some good money habits. Uh, And, of course, um, we started with a budget. Next, we want to do a snapshot of your finances, and that's what these intake forms are for. Uh, Tenny has a form that she uses in the law firm. I have a form that I use in USA Wealth Group. Happy to provide that free of charge. Most people, when they come in to see me or they come in to see Tenny, haven't done that for years and years and years or have never done it, which is to sort of put down, what are you really worth? What are all of your assets and what are your liabilities? It's always amazing to me when I sit across from people and ask what their assets are and they say, gee, I really don't know. Well, How much do you think you have in bank accounts? Gee, I really don't know. It's it's just amazing. Wow. So take the time to write it down. And as I said, there's some really good, useful uh, tools for that, like Quicken Home Budget, Quicken Home Loans is really a good product. It's like $29. You can get it at Office Max or Staples. And you can really write down what you're worth. But you have to know what your assets and your liabilities are as well as your income and expenses. That's step number one. Step number three is now you have to set some goals. And when you do goals, now that, those are the two steps, Tony. You looked at me kind of funny. <laughs> you went from I, one to three. No. I was thinking the same. <laughs> All right. Let me backtrack. Let me be really clear. Step number one is your budget, income and expenses. Step number two is snapshot of your finances. Okay. Step number three now is your goals. What do you want to accomplish? We always tell people, if you want to write goals, don't just say, I want to save more money. I want to make more money. I want to quit smoking. You have to make goals very specific or it never happens. So if your goal is, I want to save $50 a week out of my paycheck, write it down. Make it a very specific goal. Hmm. 
I, I like very much the quote that Susie Orman uh, has in one of her writings. Estate planning is an important and everlasting gift you can give your family, and setting up a smooth inheritance isn't as hard as you might think. So the goal is to uh, pass on your wealth to your family, to whoever you want it to go to, and that's a wonderful goal. And it doesn't really matter whether you think of yourself as being wealthy or rich or not. Most people aren't. Most people have average assets. But I suspect that one goal for most people is to protect your house at all costs and make sure that you can pass on the value of your house. People will typically own one house for their entire life. Uh, They want to pay off the mortgage, uh, which is an American goal, uh, to retire with no mortgage on your house. And then they want to pass it along to their, their kids and to their family. And that's the biggest asset they've accumulated. So even if you don't think of yourself as being wealthy, uh, you really might be if you own a house, as an example. So one of Susie Ormond's goals, I know, uh, Tenny, and one of the reasons that you're sitting here um, beside me today is because one of the most important good money habits you can have is to have a proper estate plan. Because if you don't, you're not protecting your assets, are you? That's correct. And a good estate plan doesn't mean just having a will. It means having in place a variety of documents because they all have different purposes. So we want to ask everybody listening today to develop some good money habits. And even if you only pick up one or two or three of these habits that we're talking about today... It's going to improve your personal finances. One of the gentlemen that I quote a lot, uh, Phil, is somebody named Brian Tracy, and he said, successful people are simply those with successful habits. Right. I like that. So drill this word into your brain, habits, habits, habits. You have to make everything that you do relating to your finances Mm -hmm. and protecting your family a habit. So we want to set some goals. And here's one of our first ones, and you've heard this a lot from Susie Orman, pay yourself first. You get a paycheck every week and you think, oh, I have to pay the electric bill, I have to pay this, I have to do that, I have to buy groceries. The most important savings habit you can develop to start to create some savings for yourself and everything else falls off of that is pay yourself first. What does that mean? It means put aside some money every single week that's going to go savings. Uh, you're paying yourself first. I don't care whether it's $5 or $10 or 25 or 50 okay. or whatever you can afford and put it someplace where you're not going to be spending it. Uh, ideally, stick it into a bank account. Make it a special savings account. Even though savings rates aren't very high right now, at least now it's put in a special place and you can watch it grow. But you got to do it every single week. And um, if you do that every single week, you will accumulate money. We've talked in the past, uh, for example, about spending at Christmas time. And what do most people do at Christmas time for spending money? Well, they'll take their credit cards and they'll go down to the stores. And without having any previous thought necessarily about what they're doing, they'll just go and start buying things and building up debt on a credit card, which is going to cost them interest. What if instead you were putting aside $20 a week, and then when it comes down to Christmas time, all of a sudden you've got $1,000 in a savings account? Now you can go out and pay cash and not accumulate more debt. 
So save money, make it a habit, do it on a regular basis, uh, pay yourself first. Remember those things called Christmas clubs oh, that you yeah. could establish at the bank? I don't think many banks call them that anymore, but I don't think they, they were do. a good idea. They were a good idea. So you can create your own private Christmas club just by having a savings account. That one simple thing will save you lots and lots of money. So if you incur a $1,000 debt on a credit card, it may cost you $300 of interest in addition to the $1,000 debt. So pay yourself first, save some money. Second thing to tell you is, or the fourth or fifth, are you keeping count, Tenny? <laughs> I, I think it's six. I'm not okay. sure. Um, separate savings from investment. Savings should be money that you're putting aside for some short-term purpose, short-term use. Maybe you're saving for a down payment to buy a house. Maybe you're saving for a down payment to buy a car. Um, but... Um, Think of other money that you're accumulating and putting aside as money for investment. Money that you want to have grow for you for the future, for retirement, for really big expenses, um, things of that nature. So think of savings as being a little bit different from what uh, investment is. We'll come back to that topic. Next, I want to talk to you about your credit score. You know, we all have something called a credit score. It's, it's a very important concept that we have in this country because... If you want to buy a house, if you want to buy a car, if you want to make any kind of a larger purchase, the first thing that the company is looking for is what's your credit score? And that's going to determine, first of all, can you get the loan in the first place? Mm -hmm. And secondly, what's the interest rate going to be? So let's take the example of buying a car. If you go to buy a car and you've got a really good credit score, you're going to get a really low interest rate. When you see car dealers advertising 0% financing, that's going to be for people with really good credit. If you don't have really good credit, they're going to still let you buy the car, but now you're going to pay interest and you won't qualify for that 0% financing rate. So the better the credit score, the less interest you're going to pay. Um, Therefore, you're not going to spend as much money. You're going to be able to save more money. So lots of things you can do for credit score, and we've talked about one simple rule in the past is if you have a credit card that has a $2,000 credit line, you want to make sure that the amount of money you've got charged on that card is less than 50% of what the credit line is. So therefore, you want your balance to be less than $1,000 if you've got $2,000 as a credit line. Uh, If you do that, that helps you build good credit. If you want to improve your credit score, again, work on paying down your credit cards first um, and get it below 50% because that's going to pop up your credit score. And it will happen in a fairly short time. So know what your credit score is. A lot of card companies today, like I know Discover Card does this, will tell you every month when you get your statement what your credit score is. Mm. Um, pay attention to that. It's it's a really important number. So... Um, The next thing on my list is uh, number seven, review your account statements. I see people all the time, and you probably do as well, Tenny, who may have money in mutual funds or something else. They never even look at their statements when they come in every month. Or when you get your credit card statement every month, I wonder how many people open it up and take a look at it. Mm -hmm. Well, you should. 
What if your credit card has been compromised in some fashion? Mm -hmm. We have some good consumer credit laws in this um, state and in, in the country that will protect you if you have unlawful charges, but not from all of it. But boy, what a big inconvenience it can be for you also. So a really good money habit is don't procrastinate when you get your statements. When you get your statement in, open it up. If it's a mutual fund statement, you want to find out, are you making money? Are you losing money? And then you might be able to make some different choices. Um, but you also want to make sure that nobody's charging improperly against your card. And um, so review your statements. Another important tip when it comes to good money habits is to diversify. Don't have everything all in one place. Be a little bit spread out in how you invest and how you do things. Have some money in the bank? Absolutely. Very important to have some liquidity, isn't it, Tenny? Yes. You never know when the roof is going to leak or the washer is going to break. So it's important to have funds on hand to be able to uh, make those expenses. And that's under the category of having an emergency fund. That's one of the big things that Susie Orman has always talked about as well. Have an emergency fund. Um, she actually says something kind of interesting, uh, ladies and gentlemen. She says, uh, build your emergency fund first so that if you had an illness, if you got laid off unexpectedly, you can get by for six or eight months or ten months or something like that because you've got enough money put aside in a savings account to be able to do that. It's called an emergency fund. She thinks, for example, that one should have an emergency fund first and then work on paying down your credit card second. Why? Because things happen. I just met very recently, uh, just this past week, with a gentleman who has disability and through the company that he works for, he has short-term disability, which is paying 80% of his salary. So he's been receiving that. But he's now approaching the end of that, and he may not be able to go back to work again. Well, things happen of that nature. You know, people do get injured, something happens, uh, or you get laid off. So the emergency fund idea is really a good concept. Uh, it's estimated that the average American in this country more than half the population couldn't come up with $400 if they had to uh, in a pinch. So create an emergency fund, and then once you have your emergency fund, continue the good habit of savings, then work on paying down the credit card as perhaps your, your third step to do. Buy a home. We're going to be doing a show on the radio oh, probably maybe in another month or so on is it better to rent or is it better to own a home, including in retirement? Are you better off in retirement, for example, renting, or are you better off owning a home? And everybody always assumes automatically the answer is, oh, no, you should own your home. And there are some tax benefits of owning your home. The government subsidizes mortgage interest, so you can deduct the cost of mortgage interest on your income tax, for example. But... Um, Consider owning a home because there are some, certainly some tax benefits. Um, you don't have to worry about rent increases. And frankly, right now, the cost of renting is almost as high, if not higher, than the cost of owning a home. When you look at what a, a two-bedroom or a three-bedroom apartment might cost today, even in our area, you're looking at $1,000 or better per month. 
for that I, same amount of money, you can buy a home. I just heard a startling statistic on the radio on the way in this morning saying that Greater Boston is now the 47th most expensive place to live in the entire world. Uh, it moved up just in this past year by something like 17 points. Uh, we are protected a little bit down in southeastern Mass from the excessive high costs of Boston, particularly home costs. But nevertheless, it's not cheap to live here. No, it isn't. That's a good point. We've got some really good things happening in the Boston area. Uh, General Electric is locating its world headquarters in Boston. Uh, some other companies have recently announced that they're going to be doing the same thing. We have a lot of talented, educated people in Boston to fill the job market. But the cost of housing is also very expensive. It's less so in the South Coast area and greater New Bedford area. But it's a way, it's almost a way of forced savings when you think about it, Phil, because yep. you're building equity. Every time you make a mortgage payment, part of it's going to interest, part of it's going to principal. Um, and therefore, you're reducing the debt gradually, you're building more equity. So it's a way of forced savings in a way, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about some very specific things that you can do on your mortgage to save money and make money and pay your mortgage down even faster. We're going to do that right after the break. And our topic this morning is good money habits and how to surround yourself with friends who have good habits, which will help you create good habits. So stay tuned. Uh, we appreciate the habit of listening to this show every Sunday morning. We're going to be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise, brought to you every week, every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock by USA Wealth Group. And it's our mission, it's our purpose, and what we do to show you ways that you can help protect your family and protect your money. So we thank you very much for listening to us every week. I'd like to remind everyone that you can visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. You can give us a call at 508 998 8858. And we have lots of wonderful things we can share with you. And our topic this morning is good money habits. I'd like to start out the second part of this uh, show by giving you a quotation from a gentleman named Dan Butner. The people you surround yourself with influence your behaviors, so choose friends who have healthy habits. And the same thing is true when it comes to spending money and saving money. If you tend to associate with people who buy everything they want as soon as they think about it, those aren't people that are going to give you uh, good habits. Um, John Dryden, who is an English author, once said, we first make our habits, and then our habits make us. Well, that's what habits are all about. They're things that we do on a regular basis, and we want to make sure that we can show you how to have some healthy money habits. Tenny, we were talking about earlier about um, Susie Orman. We're speaking with attorney Tenny Lance, by the way, from Lance Law, Inc. And Susie Orman also said, to enjoy a long, comfortable retirement, save more today. Um, I've mentioned before in the air, we've got a number of people who I've seen retire. Um, oh, it might be that perhaps the wife was a teacher and the husband worked for one of the utility companies. They both worked hard. They had, you know, reasonably decent-paying jobs, 
but they developed at a very early age the habit of saving money. They put aside money every single week and made it a regular thing to do, which then becomes a habit. And I've seen people literally in those kinds of occupations and jobs retire with $2 million, $3 million worth of cash liquid assets that they've saved and accumulated over the years. Wonderful. It's nothing more than starting early, paying yourself first regularly, and then you do it every single week. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. Mm. It's the power of uh, compounding money. Before the break, we were talking about buying a house, and we were talking about mortgages, and we were talking about uh, the some of the important things that you can do uh, with mortgages. Uh, so there are some really good savings habits for mortgages. What you can do is at the end of the year, if you have a little extra money, make an extra mortgage payment. So instead of making 12 mortgage payments in a year, make 13 payments. You're going to pay your principal down faster, and you're also going to um, pay uh, you're, you're going to pay less interest because the whole account is going down much faster. Another thing that you can do is you can pay bi-monthly. You can pay your mortgage twice a month instead of once a month. So you pay the same amount of money, but instead of paying it just once a month, work out with your bank or your credit union that you want to make bi-monthly payments. Uh, you'll also pay the mortgage off much faster than what the regular term is. Second thing, a th third thing you can do is you can take a look at interest rates. Be sure you track it. Right now is an excellent time to refinance. So if you've got a rate that's around 4% or higher, you can do better right now by refinancing. We're happy to refer you to some people who do that. We don't take care of that in our own office. But uh, we can sit down with you and show you some really wonderful ways that you can help to uh, make more money on your mortgage and save more money on the mortgage. So, uh, Tenny, uh, how about free things? Do you like to do free things? Oh, yes. Coupon clipping is a favorite habit. So there's lots of things that you can do in life that are totally free. Um, we don't have to go out and spend money all the time to do things. It can be as simple as taking a walk on a beautiful evening. You get exercise, and also it doesn't cost you anything to do that. Um, clipping coupons. Tenny is an inveterate coupon clipper. <laughs> but I do the same thing. I buy supplies at the office from uh, BJ's, uh, typically. And either I clip the coupons or whoever's making the list will clip the coupons. I'll save 30 or $40 every time I buy office supplies. Really? Yep. Absolutely. What other free things do you like to do, Tenny? Well, when you talked about taking a walk in the evening, you reminded me that um, one of the best things to do in our area is to enjoy all the physical amenities that are around. You and I just walked for the first time on that hurricane barrier walkway. What a beautiful uh, investment New Bedford made in its environment. It's amazing. It's on uh, Rodney French Boulevard. I guess that would be what on East well, Rodney. East, East, yes. It's on East Rodney French Boulevard, but they're also going to be building that on uh, West Rodney French Boulevard. It's under construction right now. If you haven't done that, it's a gorgeous view of the harbor. It's just amazing to do it. Um, so, and it's free. <laughs> and you can walk on it, or you can bicycle on it, and it's free. Yep. Or, or you can go all the way down to Fort Tabor, which is probably one of the most outstanding um, physical amenities that we have in the whole area. 
And if you're older, there's lots of free things that you can do as well. For example, if you're, I think, the age of 65, you can take courses at UMass Dartmouth or BCC. They have to be credit-granting courses for free. Um, Lots of things of that nature you can do. You can get an entire college degree and start a second career. So that's something that older people can do. But many, many, take advantage of discounts. Tenny loves discounts and coupons, right? (laughs) Generally, I only buy something if it's on sale, yes. (laughs) That's true. And um, AAA, a quick plug for a AAA. I've been a AAA member for something like 40 years. Mm -hmm. It says it on your card how long you've been a member. There's all kinds of AAA discounts around. And don't be afraid to ask if you're going to buy something. Do you honor a AAA discount? Or stay in a hotel. Staying in a hotel, absolutely. You know, I was talking earlier, uh, ladies and gentlemen, about making sure you have a budget, making sure you know what your assets are. But just as important as those things is you have to be able to track your expenses. So once you have a budget and you know what your general expenses are for living, the other thing it's important to do is track your expenses. And again, I've seen in my own office, in my own business, so many times when people will track every single thing that they spend money on. They keep a little book with them at all times, and they just write it down, and they put it into categories, and they know they can tell you right, right to the penny exactly what they spend their money on. Most people don't have the discipline to do that. But um, certainly take a look at your mortgage also. I mentioned making the extra one payment a year. Um, what if you have a mortgage that started out when you didn't have a large enough down payment and you had to have PMI, private mortgage insurance? Um, and that means that unless you had a mortgage that was less than 80% of the value of the property, here's a simple example. You buy a house for $100,000 and you have a $90,000 mortgage, you put down 10000 well, that's a 90% loan-to-value mortgage. But when you get down to 80%, you can actually have the house reappraised, go back to the bank, and you can get rid of that PMI payment. So if you're making a mortgage, if you have a mortgage right now and you have private mortgage insurance on it, and you think the house has increased in value or it's been a few years and you've paid the mortgage down, you might be able to get rid of your PMI insurance cost. And that's usually a couple hundred dollars a month. It's very expensive. So um, you can certainly do that. You can modify your loan. You can refinance. Some really good things you can do about your mortgage. Um, Tenny, have you ever heard about debt consolidation? Yes, um, particularly with regard to school loans. That's an important thing to do. Well, debt consolidation. What if you have a number of credit card bills? Let's say you've got three or four credit cards and you've got some balance on each one of them. One simple thing you could do all by yourself without any help is just do an analysis and say, what's the interest rate on this card? What's the interest rate on that card? And maybe what you can do is take a cash advance from a card that has a low rate and use it to pay off or pay down the balance on a card that has a higher rate. When you do that, you're saving interest. So you can do informal consolidation all by yourself. What if you have too much debt in general and you don't know what to do with it? Well, you can do credit counseling. We've had on the radio show in the past uh, folks from the American Credit Counseling Service. They do a wonderful job 
And guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost anything to go through credit counseling. And they're a nonprofit organization. Uh, I don't have that information to give you over the air right now, but if you'd like it, give our office a call at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to direct you to them. So if you've got too much debt and you can't handle it, think about doing credit counseling. Um, another good money habit. How about having a home equity line on your house? What if you have an emergency? I, I see a lot of people who say, I'm retired or I'm about to retire. I don't have a mortgage on my house. And I'll say, well, you know what? You haven't quite retired yet. Your income is still there because you're working. Why don't you put a home equity line on your house? Because what if you have an emergency? Instead of having to go through a month-long experience to get a home equity line on your house. Um, if you've got the home equity line already set right there, now what you can do is just draw down on it really quickly. Or what if you, somebody in your family, a, a child has an emergency, and you suddenly need to write a check for $10,000 or $15,000, or a wedding, mm -hmm. or something of that nature. Uh, you could do that if you had to. So a home equity line uh, can be a wonderful thing to do just don't abuse it. Make sure it's a good money habit. It's there specifically for an emergency and nothing else. So we've talked about debt consolidation. We've talked about cutting your mortgage costs. Um, we talked about having the home equity line. How about life insurance? Have you ever thought about life insurance? We do a lot of that in our office. Life insurance is almost like an asset class all by itself. Um, do you have enough money to bury you if you die? Do you have at least a $10,000 life insurance policy to cover that? You should. Um, one of the gentlemen in our office is working specifically on mortgage insurance. You know, the banks used to offer mortgage insurance when you closed on your mortgage loan. And they would say, would you like to take out an insurance policy so then if in case you die, you've got something that will pay off the mortgage? Mm -hmm. I'm not aware that they're still doing that right now, but you can do it yourself. You can take out an inexpensive term life insurance policy, and let's say it's a husband and wife. Do it for both people. Do it for both the husband and for the wife because um, what happens if the wife dies and there's children at home? The husband now has to have daycare assistance possibly, but if there's insurance, you could pay off the house, pay off the mortgage, now there would be more money available because you're not making a mortgage payment. You'd be able to have some care to come in and take care of the kids. And then, of course, the other way around, if the husband passes away, um, you don't want to be in a situation where his surviving spouse, his wife, has to go and sell the house and live someplace else because you no longer have two incomes coming in to support it. So think about term life insurance. Uh, it doesn't cost anything at all to get quotations Give our office a call. Come visit. We're happy to sit down and go through that with you. We see lots of people doing that, even if they have uh, larger incomes. Um, Tenny, we've talked a little bit about estate planning, and obviously that's uh, your specialty and what you do a lot of. What about um, good money habit of protecting the house? We've talked about how important it is to have life insurance to pay off a mortgage, well, what if somebody just wants to protect the house? Are there kinds of things that they could do that would make sense financially? Well, if you're talking about protection uh, from 
the need to spend on a nursing home in the future. There are things that we've talked about a lot before, like irrevocable income-only trusts and so forth. But one good thing that we suggest to everyone to at least look at, similar to what you were talking about, mortgage insurance, look at long-term care insurance for at least two reasons. One, because it can help you if you do need care to pay for that care and often in order to stay home instead of going into a nursing home. But if you did need to go into a nursing home, the second real reason to have that is because the state will not put a lien on your house, therefore protection for your house, if you did need to go on Medicaid. So that's a bit of a complicated answer to a straightforward question, but long-term care insurance is something that I would suggest to most people to investigate. And as you say, it doesn't cost anything to get quotes. So good savings habits, good money habits include protecting the largest single asset that most people have, which is your house. Um, have a declaration of homestead on your house. Have homestead. Have liability insurance on your home. Have a liability umbrella rider on your home. Uh, it covers you up to a million dollars on top of whatever your regular liability insurance is. Do some things to protect your largest single asset. That's that's one of the most important good money habits we can tell you today. But take the time, I guess, to do a review. If you haven't had your estate plan reviewed, give Tenny a call. And um, do you charge to sit down and review somebody's estate plan, Tenny? No, we do not. Um, the initial consultation for an hour is a free consultation. We get to know you. We get to know your situation. We um, review your documents and so forth and let you know if we think there are others that you need to put in place. So we've talked about some free things. I, I promised um, Deb in our office, who is our marketing director, I was going to talk about good driving habits. Why? Because she has a lead foot. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Deb, I'm going to talk about your lead foot on the radio today. It's like when you come in the office in the morning, if it's 8.30, you look at your watch very carefully, and then you hug the edge of the sidewalk because all of a sudden with a roar, she comes into the parking lot. You haven't seen Celeste. <laughs> She's like Maria Andretti. <laughs> Poor Celeste. Or Red. Uh, uh, Danica, what's her name? Danica, the uh, yes. NASCAR driver. <laughs> well, one good way to save money, one good habit is to ease up a little bit on the gas pedal and drive a little bit more modestly, and you won't spend as much money on gas, Deb. <laughs> Gee, Ray, <laughs> does that not mean you? <laughs> well, we won't talk about me this morning. <laughs> we just... The, 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 the microphone gives me the privilege of talking about other people. <laughs> uh, Tenny, saving money on groceries. Um, how do you save money on groceries? I know you do a lot with coupons. Oh, yes. Um, and I look for items that might be on sale. Um, I truly find that most of the markets in the area are pretty comparable with each other. I know some people will absolutely go to one market because they think the prices are always lower. Um, I just use coupons and go where I think um, I can get what I need and want. Okay. Well, let's talk about some sneaky ways to save $100 a month. Mm. And first, I want to give you one quick quotation from Susie Ormond again, too. 
Find $50 a month for savings. No excuses. We can all save some money if we really want to. Oh, by the way, Susie Orman also said, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should buy it. If you're thinking about buying something that you just really want but you don't really need, one of the suggestions that a lot of commentators make is, well, think about it for a while. Put it off for 30 days before you're tempted to just go out and get it. And you'll be surprised how often you'll say, you know what, I didn't really need that item right now. So then you don't spend the money. Don't be tempted to just uh, spend all the time. One last quotation I want to give you from Susie Orman was, make this the year that you tackle that credit card debt once and for all. So she had a lot of good comments about you know, getting rid of debt now and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But let's talk about some very simple tips that everybody can use. And we've got literally hundreds of them. If you want copies of any of this stuff, uh, give us a call at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858, or visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. So there's a website that's called grandparents.com. Put your change in a jar. I do this, aside from the fact that I don't like a lot of coins running around in my pocket. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it on a little stand where I take all the junk out of my pocket at the end of the day. And then I'll look at it the next morning. I'll say, you know, I don't want this in my pocket. And I put it in a jar. And it's, it's a fairly tall jar. I don't know. It's about eight inches tall. It's plastic. I cut a hole in the top of it. And when it gets full, I take it down to Bay Coast Bank, and I put it in their money machine. Um, the last time I did that, it was $200 in coins. Right. It really is amazing how much just simple pocket change accumulates. So start out fresh the next day. Don't put the coins in your pocket. Put it in the jar. Save it. When the jar gets full, take it to the bank. And now you can have some money to go spend if you want something. Uh, save your coupons. Save your raise. If you get a pay raise, pretend you didn't. Mm. Take the extra money. If you have a savings plan at work, uh, put it into the savings plan. Um, challenge yourself. Take little steps. I, uh, I like the dollar bill challenge also. Uh, what if instead of just putting the pocket change in, you said, you know, I'm going to take all the $1 bills that I have at the end of the day. I'm going to put the $1 bills in a jar. Yeah. Think about how fast that would accumulate some savings money for you. The other thing we do with the coins that's fun is uh, for Christmas and Easter, we take the quarters out and um, put them in various little wrappings for the grandkids, and they think it's great. They don't, you know, they're young enough that they don't necessarily get an allowance, so sure, it's a fun way of doing a special gift. I also heard if you take $500 worth of pennies and melt them down, <laughs> you have $1,000 worth of metal. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's probably illegal to to face currency. Who do you sell it to? Oh, metal. All these scrap metals. The places. Sure. That's great. Isn't that amazing? Take $500 worth of pennies and bring in 1000 bucks. You know, I noticed with the new pennies, they're very, very thin and very, very light. I'm not sure that would be the case. The dimes also, the dimes have gotten really yeah, thin. Yeah, It's absolutely. amazing. Well, um, I want to mention one other quick thing that was on my list that I didn't get to. Put money aside for retirement. Contribute to an IRA. Uh, you can do that up until April 15th of a year, but not only do you get a deduction from your income tax 
Um, but you're putting money aside for retirement, and that money is going to continue to grow on a tax-deferred basis on, until you take it out when you retire. Another great, important money tip. So all kinds of things. I'm just wondering, Phil, if you took $501 bills. Oh, yeah. And uh, melted them all down. <laughs> you would have made a real ash out of yourself. Oh, wow. I was going to say you fold them in half and you have a thousand bucks. <laughs> that's, Phil's, uh, that's Phil's important money tip for today. Well, there's, there's so many, many things that we can do uh, to save money. We want to see you develop some good money habits. Tenny, I thank you as always for being with us today and helping to contribute to this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've learned one or two good things today, put it into effect immediately. If you want to make yourself do it, buy some little three-by-five cards and write down some good money habits that you want to do. Start simple. Just write four or five or five or ten, and then just try to do those simple things. You're going to make more money. I love the uh, advice you gave earlier, Ray, that uh, making this show a habit every single Sunday morning, 8 to 9 o'clock, is a great habit. I love habits like that, and we thank our listeners for doing just that. Well, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you again next week.